0: Mary Shelley, Thomas Hardy, William Wordsworth. To us, they're the almost untouchable authors of classic literature. But to their contemporaries, well, that's another matter altogether.
1: This is Lit Slashing, a weekly podcast bringing you history's most notorious, bad, backhanded, and brutal reviews of literary classics. I'm Dr. Elena Dunville.
0: And I'm Dr. Courtney Floyd. And this week, we are taking a look at some brutal reviews of Henry David Thoreau's On Walden Pond. Yeah, so you might have heard of Thoreau. He is uh, kind of infamous. And um, as a transcendentalist, as, like a, as a 19th century American intellectual, as uh, somebody who's like a champion of naturalist things also somebody who like has bigger claims than (laughs) what he's actually doing like i don't know we'll link to some juicy twitter threads in the show notes but um so disclaimer like i really love thoreau's work but he's also just like really fun to uh see slashed i guess you know like yeah so today i have two reviews of walden the first was published in the boston daily journal On the 10th of August 1854. This is a remarkable book. The thread of the work is a narrative of the personal experience of the eccentric author as a hermit on the shores of Walden Pond. The body consists of his reflections on life and its pursuits. Mr. Thoreau carried out his ideas of communism by building with his own hands an humble hut cultivating his own garden patch, earning with the sweat of his brow enough of coarse food to sustain life, and living independent of the world and of its circumstances. He continued this selfish existence for two years, and then returned to society. But why, he does not inform his readers. Whether satisfied that he had mistaken the pleasures of solitude, or whether the self-improvement which the world has charitably supposed was the object of his retirement had been accomplished, it is certain that he was relieved of none of his selfish opinions, that he left behind in the woods of Concord none of his misanthropy, and that he brought back habits of thought which, though profound, are erratic and often border on the transcendental. The narrative of the two years hermit life of such a man can hardly fail to be attractive, and the study of the workings of a mind so constituted must possess a peculiar interest. But the attraction is without sympathy. The interest is devoid of admiration. The outré opinions of a mind like that of Mr. Thoreau, while they will attract attention as the eccentric outburst of real genius, so far from finding a response in the bosom of the reader— will excite a smile for their very extravagance, and we can easily imagine that if Mr. Thoreau would banish from his mind the idea that man is an oyster, he might become a passable philosopher. Mr. Thoreau has made an attractive book, more attractive than his week on the Concord and Merrimack, but while many will be fascinated by its contents— few will be improved. As the pantheistic doctrines of the author marred the beauty of his former work, so does his selfish philosophy darkly tinge the pages of Walden. And the best that can be said of the work in its probable effects is that while many will be charmed by the descriptive powers of the author and will smile at his extravagant ideas, few will be influenced by his opinions." This is a negative virtue in a book which is likely to be widely circulated and which might do much mischief if the author could establish a bond of sympathy with the reader.
1: Interesting. I already have a lot of thoughts.
0: (laughs) The second review was published in New York Morning Express on August 24th, 1854. Mr. Thoreau is a young but promising writer. He is a manly thinker. His opinions betray a clear judgment, careful intellectual cultivation, and a great deal of talent. But the tendencies of his mind are, at times, too speculative. He is too impractical, and although many of the social habits against which he declaims are susceptible of improvement, yet he takes the privilege of most men with a mission, as the strong-minded philosophers and philosopheresses say— and condemns what cannot well be remedied, or what is so trivial as hardly to be worth the trouble of a chapter of Carlylean rhapsody or epigrammatic abuse. Yet he is indubitably sound in much of what he says, and right in the main. His style is crude, but forcible. Its harshness appears to be, in a measure, the result either of carelessness or of affectation, for some of the more elaborate passages a reader meets with in turning over the work display a great mastery of language, much facility in expression that is at once easy and strong, and a happy fancy. When Mr. Thoreau wrote the book, he lived, he says, a mile from any neighbor and alone in the woods in a house, which he had built himself on the shore of Walden Pond in Concord, Massachusetts. There, he lived for two years and two months and supported himself by the labor of his hands only. During the whole of this time, he appears to have been a sort of anchorite. The eccentricity of his mode of life, as he relates it, is laughable, yet it has a moral. Yep. So so that's uh that's
1: Thoreau. I have to confess that I've never read any Thoreau. Um so my part of why I found those reviews so funny is A, they are funny reviews, but also I was thinking of have you seen Dickinson? Not yet, no. Oh, you need to watch it because they have um basically she goes to visit Thoreau. So she she treks out to his little lodge. And Thoreau is played by John Mullaney, which is always gonna be very funny. Hmm. Um, And then halfway through, his mum turns up and, get, like, has been providing him with sandwiches. Yes. <laughs> <So> he's, <laughs> and he's just this, which I gather is kind of accurate. Uh-huh. Yeah, and it's just this really pompous, very funny character that John Mulaney does really well.
0: Yeah, so, like, he, he, like early in the in Walden he's like I went out to the woods because I wished to live deliberately but like all the while his mom is bringing him food and doing his laundry <laughs> and so it's like this really kind of high flying philosophy that has like the other thing that he's famous for saying is like basically I'm paraphrasing kind of badly like it's okay to build castles in the air but you must build foundations under them but like he is doing castles in the air with no foundations like that is his that is his work <laughs> <laughs> or with limited foundations
1: yeah it's one it's a really funny script funny scene because it's supposed to be in the middle of nowhere and you just see this little like shack but then it pans out and there's people about 50 yards away so yeah. i had that in mind while you were reading and then i made a few notes i was really really struck by um the charges of him being both selfish and communist Mm-hmm.
0: mm-hmm.
1: like it sounds like maybe he was selfish, but also going off to live in the woods is not really like self-sufficiency isn't selfish.
0: Yeah. I think so. I think maybe like the charges of him being selfish are more like, you know, maybe part of like this response to the civil disobedience or something like that. Like he wants to be off the grid and not contributing to society because he kind of believes society mm. is a load of crap. So like <laughs> Uh, I think that's probably where it's coming from but like yeah how how are you selfish and communist at the same time it's fascinating charge <laughs> I really liked the kind of undertone in both that like it's a dangerous book like <laughs> that it's ideas that are plausible enough that it could just like radicalize a bunch of people
1: <laughs> yes yeah my other note was just philosopheresses like that's so awkward, yeah. dude just say philosophers
0: yeah that word has to go to word jail or that writer needs to go to word jail
1: (laughs) and also we're comparing we're comparing him disfavorably to Carlyle, who notedly not a super chill dude in his personal life
0: yeah (laughs) yeah so there you have it Uh, negative reviews of one of the most beloved works of nonfiction in the United States (laughs) leave
1: a review with your favorite John Mulaney bit
0: (laughs) And check us out on Twitter at Lit Slashing Pod and on our website, www.litslashing.card.co. That's card with two R's.
1: Thank you for listening.